Welcome to Dreamful Podcast, Bedtime Stories for Slumber. I would like to start off this episode by thanking our newest Patreon supporters. Kara Rose Simonetta, Lisa Scully, Hannah Thomas, Michelle Ako, and Madeline Benton. Thank you all so much, and I hope you have the sweetest of dreams. If you would also like to help support Dreamfall while receiving bonus content and other goodies, please visit dreamfallstories.com where you can find info about the show and on the donation page, there's a link to become a Patreon subscriber. For those of you that don't know, patreon.com is a great website that allows people like you to support creators like me. For as little as $1 a month, you get access to bonus episodes. And patrons who pledge $5 or more get a sticker in the mail with a handwritten card from me and other bonus content, like digital goodies and behind-the-scenes videos. For this special spooky episode, I will be telling the frightful tale of the buried moon. This is the story for Halloween that was voted on by the Patreon subscribers. It is dark and creepy and poetic, and though I had never read the story until recently, I think it is now one of my favorites. So, snuggle up in your blankets and have sweet dreams. Long ago, the land was all in bogs, great pools of black water and creeping trickles of green water, and squishy mules which squirted when you stepped on them. The moon shone and shone just as she does now, and when she shone, she lit up the bog pools so that one could walk about, almost as safe as in the day. But when she didn't shine, Out came the things that dwelt in the darkness, and went about, seeking to do evil and harm. Bogles, witches, and will-o'-the-wisps all came out when the moon didn't shine. The moon heard of this, and she was quite troubled. I'll see for myself, she said. Maybe it's not as bad as folks make it out to be. Sure enough, at the month's end, down she stepped, wrapped up in a black cloak and a black hood over her yellow, shining hair. Straight she went to the bog edge, water here and water there, waving grass and great black snags all twisted and bent. Before her, all was dark, dark but for the glimmer of the stars in the pools and the light that came from her own white feet sticking out of her black cloak. The moon drew her cloak tighter around her and trembled, but she wouldn't go back without seeing all there was to be seen. So on she went, stepping as light as the wind in summer from tuft to tuft between the muddy, gurgling waterholes. 
Just as she came near a big black pool, her foot slipped, and she went tumbling in. She grabbed with both hands at a snag nearby to steady herself. But as she touched it, it twined itself round her wrists and gripped her so that she couldn't move. She pulled and twisted and fought, but it was no good. She was stuck. Presently, as she stood trembling in the dark, wondering if help would come, she heard something calling in the distance. Calling, calling, and then fading away with a sob, till the marshes were full of this pitiful crying sound. Then she heard steps, floundering along, squishing in the mud and slipping on the tufts, and through the darkness she saw a white face with poor fearful eyes. It was a man strayed in the bogs. Blind with fear he struggled on toward the flickering light that looked like help and safety. And when the poor moon saw that he was coming nearer and nearer to the deep hole, farther and farther from the path, she struggled and fought and pulled harder than ever. And though she couldn't get loose, she twisted and turned, till her black hood fell off her shining yellow hair, and the beautiful light that came from it drove away the darkness. The man cried with joy to see the light again, and at once all evil things fled back into the dark corners, for they cannot abide the light. At last, he could see where he was, and where the path was, and how he could get out of the marsh. And he was in such haste to get away from the snagging briars and evil things that dwelt there, that he scarce looked at the brave light that came from the beautiful shining yellow hair streaming out over the black cloak and falling to the water at his feet. And the moon herself was so taken up with saving him, and with rejoicing that he was back on the right path, that she forgot that she needed help herself, and that she was held fast by the black snag. So off he went, tired and gasping, and stumbling and sobbing with joy, flying for his life out of the terrible bogs. Then it came over the moon. She would like to go with him. So she pulled and fought like mad, till she fell on her knees, spent with tugging at the foot of the snag. And as she lay there, gasping for breath, the black hood fell forward over her head. Out went the blessed light, and back came the darkness, with all its evil things, with a screech and a howl. They came crowding round her, mocking and snarling, shrieking with rage and spite, for they knew her for their old enemy that drove them back into the corners and kept them from working their wicked wills. Thou'st spoiled our spells this year agone, yelled the witches, and us thou sent'st to brood in the corners, howled the boggles. And all the things joined in, till the very tussocks shook and the water gurgled, and they began again. We'll poison her with a potion, shrieked the witches. Yes, howled the things again. 
We'll smother her, whispered the creepy crawlers, and twined themselves round her knees. And again they all shouted with spite and ill will, and the poor helpless moon crouched down and wished it would soon be done with. And they fought and squabbled what they should do with her, till a pale gray light began to come in the sky, and it drew with it the dawn. And when they saw that, they were feared they shouldn't have time to work their will, and they caught hold of her with horrid bony fingers, and laid her deep in the water at the foot of the snag. And the bogles fetched a large stone and rolled it on top of her to keep Moon from rising. And they told two of the will-o'-the-wisps to take turns in watching on the black snag to see that she lay safe and still and couldn't get out to spoil their fun. And there lay the poor Moon, buried in the bog, till someone would set her loose, but who'd know where to look for her? The days passed, and it was time for the new moon's coming, and the people looked about, for the moon was a good friend to the marsh folk, and they were glad when the dark time was gone. The paths were safe again, and the evil things were driven back by the blessed light into the darkness and the murky depths. But days and days passed, and the new moon never came and the nights were dark, and the evil things were worse than ever. Still the days went on, and the new moon never came. Naturally, the poor folk were fearful, so they went to the wise woman who dwelt in the old mill, and asked if she could find out where the moon had gone. Well, she said, after looking in the brew pot, and in the mirror, and in the book. It be strange, but I can't rightly tell ye what's happened to her. If ye hear aught, come and tell me. So they went their ways, and as days went by, and the moon never came, word began to spread throughout the boglands. And so came one day, as the people sat on the great table in the inn. A man from the far end of the boglands was smoking a pipe and listening, when all at once he sat up and slapped his knee. My good men, he exclaimed, I'd clean forgot, but I reckon I know where the moon be. And he told them of how he was lost in the bogs, and how, when he was nearly dead with fright, the light shone out, and he found the path and got home safe. So off they all went to the wise woman, and told her about it, and she looked long in the pot and in the book again, and then she nodded her head. It's dark still, dark, she said, and I can't rightly see, but do as I tell ye, and ye'll find out for yourselves. Go, all of ye, just afore the night gathers. Put a stone in your mouth and take a hazel twig in your hands, and say never a word till you're home safe again. Then walk on and fear not, far into the midst of the marsh, 
until ye find a coffin, a candle, and a cross. Then ye'll not be far from your moon, and may happen ye'll find her. So, come the next night in the darklings, out they went all together, every man with a stone in his mouth and a hazel twig in his hand, and feeling unpleasant. They stumbled and stoddered along the paths in the midst of the bogs. They saw nothing, though they heard sighs and flutterings in their ears, and felt cold wet fingers touching them but stayed all together, looking around for the coffin, the candle, and the cross. Soon they came near the pool beside the great snag where the moon lay buried, and all at once they stopped, quaking and amazed and scary, for there was the great stone, half in, half out of the water, for all the world like a strange big coffin. And at the head was the black snag, stretching out its two arms in a dark, gruesome cross, and on it a little spirit light flickered like a dying candle. And they all knelt down in the mud without speaking out, for they knew that the evil things would catch them if they didn't do as the wise woman told them. Then they went nearer and took hold of the big stone and shoved it up and afterward they said that for one moment they saw a strange and beautiful face looking up at them out of the black water but the light came so quick and so white and shining that they stepped back in amazement sheltering their eyes from the brilliant gleam when they could see again there was the full moon in the sky bright and beautiful and kind as ever shining and smiling down at them and making the bogs and the paths as clear as day, and stealing into the very corners, as though she'd have driven the darkness and the bogles clean away if she could. <laughs>